Welcome to the Church Explained podcast. We really appreciate you joining us. The Church Explained podcast is a conversation to develop your leadership and grow your church. Our goal in this podcast is to share inspirational insights and ideas to resource leaders, churches and teams through our conversation with key team players at Icon Church and other guests. In this episode, we're going to have a conversation around the future of multi-site church. Hi, I'm Dave McKeown. And I'm Nathan Benger. And we're the hosts of the Church Explained podcast. Today we're joined with our lead pastor, Paul Benger. And in this episode, we're going to talk about the future of multi-site church. It's great so, to be here. It's good yeah. to be here. Nathan. You're back again. Yeah. Back again. <laughs> can't two, get rid of them, can't Two we? episodes on the trot. No. <laughs> <laughs> hey, great to have you here, Paul. We're so excited to talk about this. Uh, for people who don't know you and maybe missed the last episode, let's just give them a little bit of a recap of um, you and the church as well. Is that possible? Yeah, sure. So uh, uh, I'm obviously the lead pastor with my wife, Jeannie, of Icon Church. We planted the church uh, 34 years ago. So um, uh, it's been going. We're now uh, a multi, we call it a multi-campus church. We're talking multi-site, which is the same thing, but we've just renamed it to multi-campus church with six campuses, including an online campus. So five physical campuses and uh, just online as well. Um, uh, been married for 37 years. I hope that's right. Jeannie's <laughs> listening. And uh, we've got three three children, three boys, Nathan, who's here, and uh, Joshua and Sam, who's also here, but behind cameras, and uh, and then three grandchildren as well. So we love life, and we love building the church. Yeah, and such a, such a great church, Icon Church. We're privileged to be part of it, aren't we? Yeah, definitely. So, uh, hey, one of the questions we have here, just thinking about multi-site or, or multi-campus, is... Why, why, why have you chosen that model? You know? Yeah, I mean, it's a great question, actually. Why choose choose that model? I think there's a couple of things I would say. First, first of all, um, I think obviously we planted Icon Church, and I think it was always in our heart to plant other churches. And um, I guess when we planted uh, Icon Church as a new church plant 34 years ago, we just thought that we'd send some people, maybe send, you know, 30 people, 50 people, however, start a new new church and let them go. But we began began to see the benefits, really, of staying connected and uh, in not just, and more than just friendship and uh, the benefits of uh, being one church and running two sites. And I think also what helped us is um, initially when we started, we had one service, but then we went to double services, then we went to triple services, and we thought, well, if you can do three services, mm. you could do two sites, Yeah, you know, and four services, or you could do three sites and five services. And one other thing I would think about leadership development, you know, we've been, thank, you know, I'm thankful to, to God that um, we've developed a great batch of leaders and uh, who are sons and daughters of the house, mm. Well, you know, we could just send them off and, and, and they could just go and, and follow the call of God on their life and, and privilege that they've got the call of God. But actually, you know, that, that sense of staying in relationships, mm. staying in, as sons and daughters, staying as partners and co-workers. I love that phrase when Paul uses yeah, it in the New Testament, co-workers together. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The model just, for me, just fit our heart to 
to continue as family and as co-workers for the kingdom of God. If so I was I, to jump off the back of that, yeah. because I think that's a, a key thing actually just to recognize because there may be churches listening and you like, so a lot of our leaders were raised through our youth ministry. You call them sons and daughters yeah. of the house. They came through our youth ministry and very much our past would have been at 18. They go off to university and it's very rare if they come back. Yeah. Whereas when we were able to do like a multi-site, obviously we were in places of universities, but it, it, it helped them attach themselves to a vision, yeah. which I think was a key uh, for us. Yeah, so many of, of them leaders. chose to do university close. Yep. So to either do Sheffield, which is, mm. you know, you can commute easily to Chesterfield where we started. We now have a campus in Sheffield. Some others chose Derby again, which is fairly close. And so they chose to do that so they could stay connected. But also this, I mean, Dave, I mean, you, we, um, you were leading a church with two campuses. Yeah. And you decided, you know, let's join together in, in with Icon Church and we become together and we've become co-workers Definitely. together. So it's not just the sons and daughters of the house, no. it's other people who have the same heart, the same culture, the same fit. And uh, like for us, it's a model not without challenges. There's some massive challenges, but it's actually a model where just just this great team of people can work together to see yeah. the kingdom of God go forward. Uh, and we'll maybe pick that up in another episode mm-hmm. as we talk about the, the possibility of mergers and what yeah. that looks like mm-hmm. for people because it can be a frightening thing for churches yeah. to think, should we merge, you know, yeah. what's the benefits? That's another episode. <laughs> let, let me just pick up on what you were saying there, Nathan, about people going to university. So was it strategic in the sense of uh, planting in those areas or starting other sites in those areas? Uh, where there was universities, did that come into your thinking? No, I don't think initially we were we were thinking of that. We were looking at our region okay. and praying. And so um, you didn't just say, "Okay, there's a university there. No. Let's start a campus." No, no, no not no. at all. And uh, we perhaps should have done. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, <laughs> definitely, I mean, initially we had a few people from Derby towards Derby traveling uh, to Chesterfield, and yeah. and just this heart to to plant again, to start something mm. new and to send some of our guys out that we we trained. And uh, interestingly, we we trained them through, um, you know, one of these multi-services, yeah. giving them a service, you look after that service. So that's how we trained a team of people. So that's great. Let, let's yeah. just pull that out a little bit yeah. because I think if people grab that, that was the training ground, mm. wasn't it? Yeah. So people be thinking, well, I, I want to start a church, but like maybe the thing is to start another service. Mm. Yes. Train some people, and then release them, as you're saying. Yeah, and that's exactly how we did it. We Nathan and we gave uh, our six thirty service as it was then. We now move that to six p.m. But and uh, he <gasps> had dangerous that. I know he uh, had a, a team of people, and then you know after a period, I can't remember however long, we got this heart. And a few people, as I say, traveling from Derby, let's let's do something in Derby. So that team went and did something midweek for a year. And then after around a year we we launched they they they, they kind of moved and let's let's do Sundays. So and we, and we repeated that again with Sheffield, Sheffield. in terms of um, Mark and Nicola who lead Sheffield, they were leading our nine fifteen AM service. Yeah. Uh, early risers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but again it was the same model. 
and we just tweaked. You know, we didn't do midweeks as long in Sheffield because we'd learnt some of the lessons from Derby. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I suppose one of the questions I've been thinking of, um, and it's something for any of us to discuss this, is mm. is there a biblical model for it? Because a lot of people will think, well, first of all, is it in the Bible? You know, should should we do it if it's not in the Bible? What's our thoughts? Is there a biblical model on yeah, what great, the Yeah, I mean, great question. Some people argue quite strongly there isn't, yeah. that it's mm-hmm. actually non-biblical. I would say there is, but I would say it looked very different. Yeah. But everything looked very different yeah. 2,000 years mm. ago. Worship looked very different yeah. 2,000 years Absolutely everything. Elders, leadership teams, the whole thing mm. looked different. So, so where's the biblical model then people would say? Well, I would say if you think about the church, let's say, in Jerusalem, you would have a, a leadership, an eldership, they would call it, I would, I would guess, in that first century. But you would have uh, people meeting in different locations as a church grew. Uh, in some of the cities, maybe they just had one location, one house. And it was usually the house of a wealthy person who would have a courtyard or a roof where, you know, a, a, a number of people, let's say 30, 40 people plus could gather yeah. uh, in there. And then in Jerusalem, as the church grew... You know, they would have they would have several of these the same in Ephesus. Some people estimate that you know by the time you know we get into the sixties of the first century, the seventies, the church in Ephesus is around ten thousand people. Well, they that was one church, but they would be meeting. You know, they they didn't have a, a yeah. big arena uh, yeah. for ultimately. They would be meeting in different houses, and Paul calls them churches. Yeah, because uh, you know there's a phrase where he says greet. Priscilla and Aquila and the church that meets at their house. Mm. And that would be probably a church, we don't know exactly, but probably a church of between 50 and 150 people would gather, depending on the size of Priscilla and Aquila's house. Yeah, very good. good yeah. Great great answer there, yeah, really, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. I, think, I think, as you say, people will either say, yeah, there is, um, yeah. you know, the, the multi-site uh, model there in the Bible mm. or is not. In one sense, I was thinking of the fact that even if it wasn't in the Bible, it doesn't mean you shouldn't do it, though, does no, it? Do you know what no. I mean? Because people say, well, we've got to look back to Acts chapter 1, Acts yeah. chapter 2, and if it's not there, we yeah. shouldn't do it. But I, I, I don't think that's the way. Do we? Do, do you think we get stuck I think we do. trying to find yes. that? Yeah, yeah. Yes. I think you're trying to look back and trying to find Where it there. Yeah. The principle is the key That's the that point. you then contextualize. Yeah. So I don't think everybody should do it because it doesn't fit their context. There's countries in the world where multi-site the way we're doing is just like would never fit their mm. context, but it, it could fit ours. The other thing I would say is that, you know, even across a region, you would have apostolic figures yes. who would minister in different churches. So Paul writes the Corinthians and he says something like this. He says... Although you got 10,000 guardians Mm. in Christ, I think he uses 10,000. He said, I became your father. Mm. And so there was something special about Paul's ministry Mm. into a group of churches across a region. That is clear uh, when you think of his missionary uh, journeys, some of which the latter ones were to go back and strengthen the churches that had been planted. So the churches that he'd started... He went. He still had that relationship. He still had of, the connection, didn't he? Yeah, he had the connection. Yeah. He was writing letters to them, but then on one of the uh, trips, he decides, "I'm going to go back and just go one by one and just strengthen them on a journey." 
So I think that connection is strongly yeah. there. Yeah, definitely. I, I think a couple of things then just to pull out is, you know, when, when we think of multi-site, like people have different ideas, whether we call mm. it multi-site or multi-campus, there'll be different ideas out there. Some churches or some leaders may say, I'll never do that because it means every church needs to be the same almost like a franchise model, would we agree with that? I mean, is that true? Does every church that we're planting or sending out, or whatever language we use, do they need to be the same? Well, we've not thought so. We've, no. we've not thought so in terms of identical, in the way that some have done this. I mean, Nathan and I a few years ago visited uh, some great churches actually in America who have very much done that model, even with their buildings. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, they, they said, you know, you if you walk in the building and you turn left, it's kids' work. And that's true of every building. If you walk in the building and you look over there, the wall's red. And that's true in every mm. building. Um, they've really um, gone that well. And I think that's great for them. And I don't yeah. think there's anything wrong with that. But... Um, we certainly have not, in terms of the way we have built, thought that. But we haven't also said, well, get on and do your own thing. So the way that it's almost like a spectrum, yeah. where at the one end you've got in the church I've just explained. Uh, this is a Church Explained podcast, so it's yeah. a good thing to do that. <laughs> yeah, the, the church I've just explained in America. And then you've got the other end where, you know, it, it's just go and, you know, do whatever and we'll stay connected. I think we're more towards, I guess, this this end of being unified. So we have got a common leadership across all our campuses. Yeah. And then we've got local leadership that work out our vision and our values contextually. And contextually can mean in terms of are you in a city, are you in a village, are you in a town? But contextually can also mean the congregation size. Oh. So there's things that we can do let's say in, in our Chesterfield campus, Which is the we, central one. Central yeah. campus, we can't do elsewhere, yeah. you know, and, uh, but we, we can still do something meaningful mm. um, in, in those other campuses as well. And they can still have our vision, they can still have our values, and they can still feel like Icon Church because Icon Church is, is about our vision and our values. Yeah. How do, how do we, so like just delving into that a little bit deeper for someone maybe who's listening how like practically how do we keep you know so like there's a common leadership that's yeah. what we call our core leaders and then we have our campus pastors who are who are not in that kind of core leadership how do we keep them on the vision and values and you yeah. know kind of carrying that culture into every campus yeah well we have regular meetings and and every meeting so we have a, a so there's our core team which is i guess our biblical eldership you would call that mm. and then there's our core campus team which brings the campus pastors in and expands that core team to them and we meet with them regularly and uh, every wednesday we have a staff meeting that they're a part of and we have a particular segment of that that is just for them and every week we talk about something to do with our values, something to do with the way we think, something to do with the way we operate. Mm. And we then discuss practically how we're going to outwork what the church is doing in this season. So, you know, this week 
we were thinking about Vision Sunday mm. is coming up. Yeah. And uh, had we, you know, we're all online because of uh, we're still in lockdown. But had we not been in lockdown, we'd be saying, how are we going to make Vision Sunday special in your campus, in, that, in, in campus. every campus? Yeah. How's it going to work for you in your context? We can do this here. But what can we do? everywhere else and so we would we would work on that together mm. and we would we would do that yeah. do that work together mm. constantly so we're having those conversations all yeah, the time yeah so 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 that's great in the sense yeah. of like it's a shared vision for shared leadership that pulls the thing together almost mm. as one family really doesn't it yeah yes but let, let let me just pull it out a little bit further if i can like what what, what are the challenges because people might be <laughs> listening or watching mm. what well, there certainly is challenge so what are the challenges that we think of multi-site or multi-campus well i think some of the big challenges one is that cultural challenge keeping the culture keeping the culture yeah. and keeping what matters i think because our leadership is so united across our campuses i don't think we've hit any major challenges yeah um so but i think that can be a when churches move this way if they've not got that level of un, unity connect, almost, yeah. connectedness yeah. yeah that's a great word Actually, um, if they've not got that, that becomes the biggest challenge and that becomes the most destructive element, mm. not having that. I think a, a second uh, challenge can be around the um, the people in the campus um, because they, they just want their campus yeah, to be great yeah, yeah. and they just want their needs to be met. So it's, it, it, it's usually fairly easy to get leaders on a big vision. Mm. But the person sat in the... Pew, we'll call it, let's say in Derby, what, what is concerned about what's happening to Derby? Yeah, that's what's true, happening actually, to me? That's true. And so, and so the bigger picture, uh, getting them to see the bigger picture and see the one church. How do, how do you, how do you do that? Well, uh, like I feel, I don't know what you two feel, yeah. but I feel that the whole pandemic lockdown has really helped us. Mm helped us to, because we've had to do most things as one church. Mm. So it's really helped us. It's helped people see that we're one church. But also we've discovered some things that actually we can do together. And when we do them together, they're better. They're better. Yeah. yeah. So like prayer meetings would be my yeah. classic example. The, the prayer meeting we did, not the last one, the one before, which was the first one when we did, we did all together and we did, we could do a little bit of in-person, we did a little bit on Zoom and we broadcast the whole thing to YouTube. It was the best prayer meeting in 34 years of our church mm. Mm. Um, because it felt like we were one big church across multi-campuses and, you know, it was really good. I say that was better than the last one because the last one we couldn't have the in-person element. Yeah, we yeah, were locked yeah, down, yeah. but we did the same thing. We yeah. did the Zoom and we did the <laughs> yeah. broadcast. Which was fantastic, really. Mm. Yes. I mean, let's just pull that out a little bit further in the sense. So we had the one family stuff has been fantastic across mm. the, the COVID yeah. stuff. That the COVID's been fantastic, <laughs> you say that. But, but th this idea of we've been able to create that one family. But I guess, I suppose, for somebody, you know, let's say a leader's thinking, right, we're going to do multi-site, we're going to you know, start another campus. I think, think they need to be careful in the sense of if, if they think that everybody in that campus on the ground, let's say, for example, at Derby or yes. somewhere like mm. that, has to be thinking of the central or the bigger picture. You know, I think once they go down that way, actually, they, you know, they make a mistake in yes. one sense because they're not going to, are they? That they're person not. sitting in the pew, as we've used that mm. language, 
they're they're not really so fussed of what's happening on the big picture level. Mm-hmm. And as I think ch- church leaders make the mistake of wanting them to be so concerned. Yes. And when they're not concerned, they think they haven't bought into the vision. That's true. And I don't think that's true. I, I think I think if they've bought into the vision at that campus and they have a bigger interest on what's happening in the bigger picture, it's fantastic. But even if they don't, you know, or, or, you know, the responsibility of a multi-site church or a campus is to serve those people on the ground, yes. not to get them to think of here's what we're doing all over the place. Does yeah, that, that I do, yes, that's 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 true. I, you don't, you won't fix that um, fully. I think the more that you can get people to see the big picture, the better. Because Definitely. another challenge is finance. Yeah. Because. Um, it's, it is that, an exp- that should be in bold right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. That's what you're saying. Finance. It is an expensive thing to yeah. run. It, it's not a cheap thing to no. run multi-campus. You've got to finance some central resources that will serve everything. And, and often that is the bit that gets confusing. And so I've worked with some churches and people are saying, why are we giving all this money to central resources? You know, yeah. when, when we, you know, we want to do stuff in our... In our city or yeah, our yeah, town, yeah. Well, the point is that is enabling you, you know, in this model to do, to do that. And so sometimes the financial challenge and people just seeing their own interests can yeah. can be uh, can be a difficulty. And I think for anyone who's listening, you know, like I we we talked about, you know, starting Derby. I think, and we talk about like you know the bigger picture and the vision, and you know, yeah, there are people who. You know, just you know, here's you know, we've mentioned Derby, yeah. here's Derby, here's Sheffield. I'm interested in this, but I think the more that you show the benefits, definitely, um, of being like this is bigger than just us, yeah, and you show the benefits personally and also to you as the church, I think people begin to buy into that more, yeah. I think you know, you show that, like, yes, I, I get the support. Uh, yes, you know, as a, as a church leader, this enables me, but then also as a church, this enables us to do this, to move forward, to do all of that. Because the they're, they're not starting from scratch, are they? That's the thing. No. In, a, in a campus setting, mm. they're going with people resources, yeah. or they're going with physical resources. And I think picking up on that, Nathan, I think that's genius because really there is some real benefits of yeah. being multi-site, you know. And the support. Support. You know, the, the, the support of that, not... I think that's the biggest thing, you know. Yeah. Uh, out, of, out of all the things, like, you know, we can talk about collaboration, we can talk about shared resources, all that stuff. But I think it's that overarching support. Yeah. And when we send a team mm. or we're, you know, a campus pastor, they're not on their own. Mm. And yeah. that's the genius of it, isn't it, really? I mean, you mentioned, Nathan, before we started the conversation, didn't you, about when we started Icon Church. I was 22, yep. I think. Your mum was 21. Passion to start a church. I actually uh, went to some people and said, I need some help because I know what God's called me to do, but mm. I've no idea what I'm doing. But I didn't, I didn't find the help I could have done with. I had, I've, I've some great people, I have to mention Stuart Bell and the Ground Level Network mm. became very supportive of me. But at that time, initially, I was in another uh, denomination and they said, we've not got anyone who can help you. And so I felt completely On alone, yeah. you know. And uh, and yet, you know, you think of you going to Derby or you think of, uh, you know, Ben and Hannah coming to Stocksbridge mm. or, you know, Nathan and April going to Rotherham. Um, uh, Mark and Nicola, who you've mentioned in Sheffield, 
there's a whole team of us and, you know, real experience and real, mm. you know, many years of ministry, um, great team that actually will work. We're, we're co-workers. Yeah. We're all in this together. We're mm. all wanting it to succeed. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So there's a, a lot of stuff there. I think, yeah. I think just to wrap up in the, in the sense of, like if a church leader's watching or, uh, you know, another team member and they're thinking about multi-site. I mean, mm. we, we'd encourage them, contact us, you know, get in, co- get in contact with us. Yeah. If we can help you, we will. Yeah. I think that's our heart, as we've said before in the yeah. previous episode, mm. where we talked about Icon Open, sharing our resources. But but I suppose the takeaway would be, like, e- even if you're not in a multi-site church, like, make sure you don't do ministry on your own. Yeah. yeah. That, that, that's got to be it. Like, yeah. even even if you think, well, I, I'm just called to do this one mm. single church, like, make sure you're well connected. Because yeah. yeah. if you're not, you know, yeah. you're just causing yourself hassle, really, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. And as you've said, that's the heart behind Icon Open. It's the heart behind the Church Explained podcast. Yeah. That's part of that. Just want to add value to church, help them grow yeah. as leaders, help churches grow as well. And I'd like to just recap very right at the start. We talked about a model, you know, of starting multi-site. We said we just gave someone a responsibility over a service. Yeah. You might just think, what's the next step that we yeah, can take? Yeah. Is it, can I start a connect group and can I give someone the responsibility, the yeah. service? Can we start a new service? Because you, you may not be at the multi-site level, but you might be thinking, we want to grow this. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a next step that you can take. Yeah. So, so And good. leaders always grow when they've got responsibility, mm. not just a task. Yeah. So it's giving the responsibility. But that's another podcast we could talk yeah. about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we're, yeah. we're going to have quite a few podcasts coming up. <laughs> we are excited, as we've said, Church Experience Podcast. We're, we're going to have other guests coming in as well. Mm. We'll share that at, at yeah. another point. Uh, Nathan, you're going to wrap up for us? Yeah, yeah. So that's all for this episode. It's been so good to talk. And thanks, Paul, again for being on the podcast. And that's all. Uh, We're going to talk about multi-site on this podcast and what it has to offer. So it's been great to be together. Thanks for listening to the Church Explained podcast. And remember, if you want to support us, then share, like, do whatever you need to do on whatever platform you're consuming this content. It really helps us get the word out there. And um, yeah, why don't you think about somebody that you can share this with, maybe another church leader or someone in your team who would really benefit from this. And let me just mention again to head over to icon.church forward slash open. We have loads of resources on there and you can sign up for exclusive content uh, for you, your church and your teams. Well, that's all for now, Uh, but we'll see you next episode on the Church Explained podcast where we're going to talk about uh, youth ministry that builds the church.